This show is part of the Headstuff Podcast Network. This is how it's always been. I'm on the outside looking in. Welcome to Pi Beta Alpha, the podcast in which we explore the strange and terrifying world of the Sweet Valley High TV show, episode by episode. I'm Anna Carey. I'm Karen Moynihan. And this week we're rocking out as we rock around the block. What else would you be doing? <laughs> we have many, many questions about uh, the musical tastes of the Sweet Valiants in this episode. Certain characters in particular, I believe. Oh, I'm, I, I can't wait to get to it. <laughs> <laughs> there are questions. They need answers. <laughs> I just I can't understand what's going on. I don't th- I don't think we will ever get those answers. <laughs> <laughs> but what we do get this week is some excellent overacting from the extras. Of course, they are oh. being extra as usual. Extras are extraing, and I love it. <laughs> we always do. But the episode begins not with some extras, but in the casa where Jessica, in a quilted bed jacket, for want of a better description. <laughs> Is wailing uh, uh, in distress, basically. Yeah, she's roaring out the window. Uh, Liz comes in and she's like, what are you doing? You're going to wake everybody up. I don't know who she means by everybody because uh, they seem to be the only two people in this godforsaken house. <laughs> my notes just say, who? Who are you going to wake up? <laughs> You're both up now, so that's it. <laughs> <laughs> Well, Jessica says she's not the one who's making the noise. It's their uh, rocking new neighbours. Yeah, there's super loud music uh, coming from the house next door. And Jessica is, she's not able to sleep. She's had enough. She's just screaming out the window at this stage. And she wants <laughs> to call the cops because she's just like so fed up with this whole situation already. But um, yeah, but uh, Liz insists it's not that bad. Apparently it's not that bad in her room. But as she's kind of saying this, like Jessica's, like the furniture in Jessica's room literally starts shaking. Yeah. And like a picture of her in a bikini, of course, holds off <laughs> no. her dresser. It's all very dramatic. Of course, Jessica has an array of framed photos of herself on display <laughs> in her room. So, uh, yeah, as you said, she wants to call the cops. But Liz is like, we can't do that to our new neighbours. But Jessica says that the noise is ruining her beauty sleep. And then adds very funnily, um, delivery is is a delight. She's like, good thing I don't need that much. (laughs) So uh, when she realises that it's not as audible from Liz's room, uh, of course, she wants to swap. But Liz refuses to sleep in Jessica's squalid pit. Oh God, yeah, she's like, no way, this place is an absolute mess. I can't even see the floor. Uh, And Jessica turns to her as she's leaving and she's like, I haven't seen the floor in years. It doesn't bother me. (laughs) Then she slams the door. And on the other side, we see, I guess it's facing her shaggy poster that she's got a white zombie poster. I, yeah, my notes here just said, (laughs) Jess has a white zombie poster. (laughs) (laughs) Jessica's musical taste is a mystery. I find it very hard to believe that Jessica would happily listen to American made music to strip by or like literally (laughs) anything (laughs) from either white or indeed Rob Zombie. (laughs) Agreed. Um, So the credits roll and uh, Jason David Frank appears as AJ as a special guest star in the credits. Oh, and great. I have to say, he is extremely likable. 
in this he episode. Fucking great. I wanted to see more of him like straight away. Oh, we never did our blurbs. Oh my god. <laughs> we can do that in this like credit sequence. Perfect. <laughs> Interval. <laughs> Well, the blurb from uh, Wikipedia. Let's see how accurate it is. Yes, as the uh, credits are rolling. Yes. <laughs> Go. Just picture some Wakefields frolicking. Okay. There's a band next door to the Wakefields that is loud. Ooh. <laughs> I guess that's true. And causing Liz and Jess to lose sleep. Well, Jess anyway. Mm. But when Jess goes over to complain, she finds herself falling for the lead singer. I mean, is he the lead is singer? He we, do, we haven't seen enough of the band, I think, to ascertain exactly who does what, I feel like. True. Okay, so maybe that's accurate. Maybe it isn't. We'll find out. Uh, yeah. Okay, it continues. Todd, the basketball team, and the entire school <laughs> suffer for him a legally accepted payola. <gasps> Payola. Oh my goodness. I love it. <laughs> this blurb was written by Vinny. <laughs> uh, and then everyone turns on Todd, especially Liz. Hmm. Very detailed synopsis and surprisingly mostly accurate. Yeah, it's pretty long, but it's actually accurate. And normally, as we know, when, it, you know, the longer it goes on, the more opportunities for bizarre mistakes. Um, it also says in a note, based on a Sweet Valley University plot. Now, I'm trying to recall this. I was bragging last week about my great memory for SVU plots. But if, I have to say, if there was one about Todd accepting payola, uh, I'd probably block that out of my brain because it was not as exciting as charismatic sociopaths escaping from mental hospitals and leaving roses on Liz's desks in the library. Well, that's fair. So... <laughs> Can you share the Amazon blurb, please? I can, and it is typically very short. Uh, mm. So it is simply, Todd accepts gifts from local businesses and gets kicked off the team. That's pretty spoilery. It is, yeah. Mm. At least <laughs> Sorry. The, <laughs> at least the Wikipedia one was kind of vague. It just said, they, you know, Todd suffers for his uh, payola crime. Just, the fact that they use the word payola, I love it. <laughs> You, you never hear about payola. <laughs> I feel this is a poker face episode waiting to happen. Like I would just love if halfway through Charlie Kale turned up and we realized oh. she's been like working at the school the whole time. She, she was the shady janitor all along. <laughs> and now she's got to solve the crime. If you haven't watched Poker Face, listeners, it is great. Oh, uh, God, so good. <laughs> Uh, so we let's like return to Sweet Valley, uh, Sweet Valley High, in fact, where the cheerleaders are putting up a poster with Todd's stupid fucking saying on it. Oh god! New like, slogan, I guess, or battle cry. Yes, it has caught on. Uh, so it's like it's this. It's a huge, like hand painted banner going across mm. the top of the hallway, and it says, "Big Mesa, Todd's gonna waste you." <laughs> um, but of course the extras are being their usual overexcited selves and they all start going he's coming Ooh, <laughs> <a jet."> <laughs> <laughs> and who should make a big entrance but Todd oh here he is like he like he literally walks it seems like anywhere he walks into now he's just met by applause and the extras being delighted to see because <laughs> everyone fully loses their shit like when he walks in it's ridiculous oh one of the extras says you looked awesome on TV and he just goes I know and then he shouts <laughs> Big Mesa and the rest of the goons shout we're gonna waste you 
And then he is just so obnoxious. I could barely bear to look at the screen. It's awful. Like this Todd storyline, it's just dragged on and he's already insufferable. So it's like, <laughs> why are you making it even harder to deal with this guy? <laughs> Well, Manny joins him uh, and uh, again wearing a suit because <laughs> that's, that's what he, what he yeah, wears to school these days. This, this is who he is now. He's business Manny. Business Oh, he's a business Manny. <laughs> <laughs> he's suited and booted. Sure um, so apparently he was talking to the TV show that Todd was on last week and his interview was somehow inexplicably a big hit, even though he was a charmless boar. He was awful like, but yeah, apparently this whole thing was a huge success. Uh, so everyone's delighted. Then Winston um, comes along and announces that apparently sales of the Super Super Todd Burgers went absolutely through the roof after the interview. So it's all been a big hit and super successful for everybody uh, to the point that Winston is now considering an entirely Todd menu. <laughs> God, by the way, so much for solidarity with Liz. Remember last week when right. he was, yeah, like mm. when he was spouting off about how he'd never had a meaningful relationship. Like obviously Cheryl and Enid looked appalled, but yeah. um Winston didn't look very impressed either. And no, like it was visible that that entire diner had turned on him at that point, but it's all just forgotten now, unfortunately. Yeah. Well, apart from by Liz, as we will see. Mm. So uh, anyway, Todd says as long as he keeps getting free burgers, he's happy for Winston to name rice cakes after him. He doesn't care. So Winston says, I'll get started on the new menu right after school. Like, oh. when does this poor boy have any time off? Winston, I'm so worried about it. <laughs> <laughs> He needs some rest. He does. This boy needs downtime, for God's sake. Someone get him to just run off with Shred for a while to uh, chill out on the beach. <laughs> well, maybe that's what Shred's doing this week, because sadly neither he nor Cheryl make an appearance. Oh. Well, the sad guitar plays. Oh, sorry. First of all, before the sad guitar plays, Todd opens his locker, which is full of runners. <laughs> Literally full. Not, I, not a I book love- to be seen. I love seeing the insides of people's lockers on this show because it's always something really stupid or weird going on in them. Like it's never just got books in it. There'll always be like a weird photo or in Shred's case, it's full of troll dolls or chocolate bars or <laughs> there's always something going on with the lockers. And in this case, it is stuffed with runners. <laughs> it really is. And Maddie's like, uh, what the hell is that? Um, and Co- Todd reveals Connor's sports supply shop just gave him 10 pairs. Um, but uh, the sad guitar kicks in now uh, and Manny looks troubled as Coach looms up behind Todd and says like what the hell is this and reveals uh, something about I guess the conditions of being a high school basketball player Mm, yeah apparently accepting gifts can get the whole team into trouble um, so yeah, he he can't be accepting all this free stuff I guess from from local businesses it's gonna, gonna lead to some I don't know, questions being asked about people's ethics or is it an advertising thing? Like, I don't know why this is a thing. (laughs) Well, the thing is, as they, you know, they say in the blurb thing, uh, you know, he's getting payola, but like that would imply (laughs) he's getting paid to fix games. Yes, it does. Yeah, that's like, yeah, there's more kind of shenanigans afoot, I feel like with payola. (laughs) (laughs) Whereas this just seems like a sponsorship deal. Unless we're really unofficial sponsorship but yeah, yeah either way I guess it's against the rules so coach is not impressed and uh he kind of heads off I think he kind of insists to the coach that there's actually nothing untoward going on here because the yeah. coach is like did I just hear you say such and such and he's Ooh, like no yeah. no no you know you didn't hear that so I don't think the coach actually sees the like comedically overstuffed locker <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how because um, so it really is I mean, full of waters 
it's it's ridiculously obvious but um, <laughs> when it does just go back to Todd and Manny Manny is kind of like okay you know if this is going to get us into trouble you should take this stuff back but Todd as usual is just obnoxious and like oh lighten up it's fine like we won't get caught everything's grand celebrities never get into trouble apparently <laughs> I mean, this is a couple of years after, maybe just one year after the OJ. Uh, so I think you know this is not true, Todd. <laughs> well, he enters a classroom then and an extra congratulates, congratulates him on his supposedly amazing interview, in which, again, he came across so badly. I know, just awful. Everyone's just so blinded by his amazing basketball skills, I guess. <laughs> The shot. <laughs> um, well, he says he owes it all to his top advisor and he puts his arm around Liz, who walks in after him, and she shrugs it off and is not happy. And uh, who can blame her? Um, not Todd, apparently, because he doesn't understand. Or Todd does blame her, I should say, because he asks what her problem is. Oh, my God. And he's so narky when he asks it. Like, oh. just the fucking cheek of him putting his arm around her in the first place. Like, my notes went all caps at this point because I was so disgusted with him. <laughs> it's like, what the fuck does he think he's doing after the way he talked about her? Um, but uh, yeah, thankfully, Liz is still fucking disgusted with him. And she's just like, you know, uh, <laughs> oh, and yeah, my notes at this point are just about how much I hate Todd. Hang on. Where did they get to the <laughs> Yes, Liz says uh, that... Uh, humiliated her on television like on national television mm-hmm. and he's just like oh you know it's just tv get over it like he's just not even a little bit like apologetic or oh no. you know i was just saying that for such and such or even have any kind of a lame excuse he's just annoyed that she's annoyed at him which just which is why my notes were just kind of scrambly here because i was just like this fucking guy <laughs> it is so charmless it's really yeah. unpleasant mm. and uh yeah um so when he says, like, it's only TV, get over it, she's like, well, I have got over it, and I'm glad I know where we stand now. Mm. And Todd, frankly, quite sinisterly says, you're the one who broke up with me. And then he sulks his way into his seat in the classroom. Yeah. And it was very sinister. He was so close to her face when he said that. I did not care for it at all. <laughs> no. Uh, and he sits next to Winston, who asks him what he thinks about you know, adding Todd's turbo tamales to the menu. Um, but Todd isn't really listening. He's just looking at Liz, who looks sad, while Todd yeah. just looks sulky. <laughs> the usual, so. Yeah. Well, the next scene is more of a recap. Uh, Liz is sitting next to Enid at lunch and she confides in her about her and Todd kissing at the, you know, during the preparation for his stupid mm. interview. And she thought that they might get even get back together and, now she feels like a fool. No. Oh. Sad guitar plays. So we cut to, I guess this is Fowler Crest, but I find it very hard to believe Fowler Crest has, because oh. uh, I thought it was the Casa first, but it then it's a, di- but it's a different decor. Like where's the, the, the TV? They're looking at the TV, but where's the front door? There were just these like, <laughs> big like French windows <laughs> behind them is it the other oh. side of the room maybe it's just another angle and we got all confused I'm not sure it is the casa though because of what happens when they're trying to watch telly oh this is true of course because yeah they um yeah by the way there's like there's no stairs or anything all the usual things we see oh, yeah. in the casa sitting room so <laughs> I was slightly confused for a second but uh, you are right um as we will see Lila and Jessica are uh, settling themselves down on the couch ready to watch their favorite soap search for love mm, I think this is the show that Jessica was like rushing back to watch a few episodes ago when uh, when she screwed Liz with the jeep or like she ran off with the jeep and and left Liz stranded and she and like her good reason for not 
being there was that she had to come home and record Search for Love. That's so I'm pretty true. sure that was the same show. Yeah. <laughs> well, they're ready with buttered popcorn, tissues and waterproof mascara because Dr. Drake Ramore, I mean, sorry, Dr. <laughs> Treadway, <laughs> he's back from being shipwrecked on an island. That's and very... he's ready to... He's yes. ready to propose. He is. This is a big scene, apparently, that's been years in the making, that they've been waiting for uh, for things to culminate uh, in this very episode. So Dr. Treadway, we can hear him pop the question. And uh, Lila and Jessica sort of lean forward in anticipation. But uh, just when his possible bride-to-be makes her answer, we get a... <laughs> <laughs> because, of course, the loud neighbour music is ruining things again. <laughs> So they missed the big revelation. Oh. Well, we cut to the school parking lot where the coach pulls up in an old banger. And uh, I mean, I hardly want to judge our car as a 2009 Nissan Micra, but uh, this, <laughs> I think the, the bangerness of coach's car is is kind of a, I guess, a, a, an important element in this scene. Mm. Because Manny approaches him in yet another suit and says he's got the big mace of stats. And before Coach could answer, um, Todd swans up in a fucking Merc. Oh my God, like the most obnoxious, like red convertible Mercedes. <laughs> it's so ridiculous. So yeah, he pulls up in this and the coach is understandably absolutely fuming. He's just like, what is this? Because this is so clearly like another favour that's being done for him by some local uh-huh. businessman or like another kind of gift. So and like, and it's just, it's so blatant to go from <laughs> a locker stuffed with runners and Todd being like, we won't get caught to then like rolling up to school in this ridiculously shiny, <laughs> like obnoxious car. It's very funny just how he thinks no one's going to notice. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, Manny approaches him. Um, cheerleaders are, of course, falling over the car, hmm. doing some excellent extra-ing. And um, Manny's like, what the hell is this? Where did this come from? And Todd reveals it's a loner from a car dealership. And he's like, I can't help it if people like to give me stuff. And Manny is genuinely angry now. He is. He actually does kind of start yelling at Todd. And uh, he's just asking him what the hell he's doing. He's like, Look, this is against the rules. Like, you can't be seen to be doing all of this. Um, and Todd is just awful to him because he oh. is kind of, he's sort of laughing at Manny. He's like, oh my God, are you yelling at me? Like, what, what do you think you're doing? Yeah. Um, and Manny insists that, look, he can't be part of this as his manager. Uh, and Todd's just like, yeah, grand, you're fired. And because oh. he just doesn't give a shit. He's such a prick. Um, mm-hmm. And yeah, off he stomps. So we cut to Jessica's boudoir where she and Lila are sitting on her bed in workout gear, listening to a sort of over the top Indian accent. Mm-hmm. It's Generic, very iffy. iffy South Asian <laughs> accent uh, on a meditation tape. Um, to, like the, you know, giving them sort of peaceful affirmations. And as they're sort of hitting their chill zone, uh, this generic grungy guitar kicks in <laughs> and Jessica has had enough. She is done. So she's going over there to shut down those loud losers. Oh, uh, so no, she says lollop the losers. Lollop the lo- losers. Oh my yes. God, that's so much better than loud losers. Oh my God. I must have looked away from the closed captioning. At the time. <laughs> <laughs> or else they had it wrong. Lollop the losers. That's so good. Oh, isn't it? <gasps> that mid 90s as well. I had to rewind to make sure I had heard it correctly and I had. Mm. So she heads around to the garage where this band are practicing and her little sort of romper is the only way I could describe this sort of <laughs> lycra romper. 
I guess. Yeah. I mean, she looks great. It's Brittany Daniels, of course she does. True, she does look great. But um, she's, uh, it's not, uh, I mean, I think there will be many issues with doing some sort of sports in such a, a, a oh. wedging sort of outfit. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> but a quite accurately 90s boy in, now, their aesthetic, the aesthetic of this band is all over the place as well. Oh but anyway, <laughs> he's wearing a sort of a scruffy shirt, jeans, mm. and Converse, and like, fine, whatever. Yeah, exactly. And when he kind of opens the garage door to find her standing there, he's immediately like, "Oh, hey, what can I do for you?" But um, of course, Jessica's fuming, so she's like, "You can start by leaving town." Um, and this guy's like, "But I live here." Yes. <laughs> so she just starts giving out to him, saying, "You just stop making so much noise. I'm going to call the cops um, because you know your terrible music is ruining my life, basically." Um, and uh, yeah, but then another band member comes over to uh, wonder what's up. Yes, a sort of grungy guy. He's more 1992 than 95, but he's wearing a woolly hat. Uh, he is also sitting next to a poster for The Great Escape by Blur. And I found it genuinely surprising to see a band that I actually like featured. I really did funny. not expect a Blur poster to make an appearance. I was like, oh, look at that. I know those I mean, guys. <laughs> I've heard of Blur. <laughs> I mean, I have also heard of White Zombie, obviously. Yes. But, but, but yeah, just unexpected to see Blur show up. <laughs> It really was. I mean, not their best album, but uh, but still. Um, so uh, yeah, he comes. He comes over, and Jessica's uh, the or the other the first band guy says, "Oh, this is my new neighbor." She was just, and Jessica goes, "Saying your music was amazing. Can you turn it up?" And AJ, for it is he, says, "Oh, that's a first. And I have to say, from the start, he has this really nice smiley sort of good humored vibe about him that is very appealing a hundred percent i like yeah i was so taken with this version of aj i was just like yeah, yes i this guy's great yeah. and he's very charming as well like the yeah. actor jason uh, david frank just really charming dude on screen really is um because he uh when he's uh when he's you know says that's a first back to her the original guys ditch the spandex queen it's getting late and aj again nicely says don't listen to him uh hmm. you know bass players and jessica is hilariously like oh yeah of course bass players yeah. <laughs> i love when she's out of her depth but just not willing to accept it yeah. <laughs> Well, AJ is called back by his motley crew, and they certainly are a motley crew. Like some of them look like they're in sort of terrible, I don't know, late nineties American ska bands, and some of them look grungy. And every one of these guys are in a different band. (laughs) There is no cohesion here whatsoever. (laughs) Absolutely none. So Jessica closes the door of the garage and uh, says, "Oh, thank God, I'm wearing my nicest workout clothes." And she's clearly smitten. She is 100%. And yeah, I mean, of course, she was going to look good going over there even by default. But uh, yeah, she looked really well in her little her little LA gear romper. <laughs> <laughs> well, we cut to Sweet Valley High and Coach uh, waylays Todd as he emerges from a classroom wearing his douchebag shades. Todd, Coach rightly says, lose the glasses. And of course, Todd is typically obnoxious. Oh, he's awful. He's like, oh, I've got like six other pairs. You want these ones? Like just, he just, 
it's just his default setting and there's no other direction for him to go at the minute and he's just yeah. fucking infuriating oh he's awful and the coach is as unimpressed as we are and uh, reveals that Todd has been declared ineligible for the season for accepting gifts from businesses so the team has had to I guess retrospectively forfeit every game that Todd played in them this year Oof, yeah which is so harsh on the team very harsh um, well that's actually yeah that's pretty much what it really says. is like it's, it's one guy's fault and the whole team gets penalized then for it yeah. but um yeah so the, of course todd then start wailing about how this isn't fair and the coach is like yeah it's not fair for the rest of the team true um, and uh yeah he then reveals that todd is now off the team and my notes <gasps> here were just like ha. <laughs> <laughs> about time yeah so we I don't know if this is the same day or the next oh, day I don't my, my notes here are just like next day later <laughs> fine day good to next day I guess <laughs> who knows do you know what it must be the next day because of what we see in this uh, unless the oracle is way more on the ball than oh, yeah. they've given any signs of being because <laughs> Todd uh, is walking down the corridor and he tries to high five his teammates but they're just like oh, no way dude yeah they, like one of them is just like get out of my face Wilkins like they're so disgusted by him and again I don't know how Todd can't see that they don't want to have anything to do with him the fight with he kind of comes up and he's like hey bro and goes for the high yeah. five it's like you dickhead, you do realize what's happened here. Like you fucked the entire team over for the season so far because yeah. of your like carry on. So yeah. oh, it's just, I know he's meant to be infuriating, but he's too good at it. <laughs> I mean, I guess fair enough. Fair play to him for making yeah. us hate him so effectively. He's doing his job too well. <laughs> so, so Winston commiserates with him and apologizes about the Todd Burger because he's like, have I known it would lead to this? And um, uh, Todd still does not think that he did anything wrong, which is really appalling. It's wild because he was repeatedly told by both yes. Manny and the coach, you can't do this. It's against the rules. And he's just like, I haven't done anything wrong. I don't understand. Like, hey, like it's one thing being infuriating, but now he's being willfully stupid about it. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> Then he gets a bit of a reality check when Enid shows him the oracle with the headline on the front page, Wilkins disgraces team. Uh, <laughs> I mean, it's not wrong. <laughs> so, of course, he thinks, oh, this is Liz trying to get back at me. And um, then uh, he sees the ultimate sign of his fall from grace. And, and it is a literal sign falling. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Because, of course, the big, uh, big Mesa, we're going to waste your banner uh, is coming down uh, in disgrace. And uh, we hear an extra saying, man, Wilkins really let us down. <laughs> Some excellent work from that extra. They're really oh, giving amazing. it all their emotion. They sold it. Great. <laughs> <laughs> well, we cut to the Casa where um, Lila, I guess Lila just goes to watch it every day in school because yes. Jessica wasn't even there. Um <laughs> She's uh, she's glued to their soap as Jessica comes down in it's sort of a halter top, but it is basically an embroidered bikini top. It's so tiny. Oh my god. <laughs> it's yeah, not really matching... clothes. No, uh, yeah, less clothes, more an idea. Uh, <laughs> but there's like there's matching trousers as well. Like uh -huh. it is, you know, and of course she looks great, like, but uh yeah, it's the tiniest little top you've ever seen. <laughs> 
but she walks in and she's like, how do I look? And Lila hilariously is so glued to uh, search for love. She just doesn't even look away from the screen. And she's like, beautiful, stunning. The colour goes great with your eyes. <laughs> I have to say, I'm really enjoying Shirley in this episode. Me too. She's, uh, she's definitely giving Lila from the book vibes. Very much so. Yeah, actually, I must say. She's, yeah, she's, it's, it's good that she's kind of, doing her own thing I yeah because like, you you weren't going to match Bridget Flannery let's no. face it so you kind of just have to do your own Lila and she's doing a great job yeah I mean pleasantly surprised mm. so uh, Jessica reveals she's going to invite AJ to the beach party but Lila is just not interested in Jessica's goings on because as she says Dr. Treadway has returned from the morgue <laughs> and uh, Jessica is like okay I'll be back after I drive your Miata <laughs> <laughs> Off a cliff And Lila's still not listening It's like okay thanks <laughs> I can't believe they don't just put in The Lime Green Triumph Come on oh, they, they don't have a budget for a Lime Green Triumph <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to be a custom spray job Like, don't be uh, <laughs> Fair enough Fair enough <laughs> So Jessica runs off And then the screen sort of does a little flip They're still doing the wacky changes <laughs> Fun transitions Yay And she's back she is, but she's despondent this time. And in fact, kind of annoyed because she's like, uh, he barely glanced at her. He just gave me the stupid flyer. Uh, so Lila looks at it and apparently it's for backup singer tryouts. Mm-hmm. Um, and Jessica's really annoyed by uh, the apparent lack of interest you showed in her because she's like, this has never happened to me before. I feel so not on a pedestal. <laughs> I mean, can't we all relate to that, listeners? <laughs> I get vertigo from my pedestal. <laughs> I'm just up here every day. <laughs> that really was the story of my teens, just constantly <laughs> being worshipped by boys. You know, it's just the natural way of being. <laughs> <laughs> well, wise Lila says musicians are bad news. They only care about their music. And if you're not in their little band, forget it. And that gives Jessica an idea. Yeah, she reckons, well, then she's just going to have to be in their little band. <laughs> And then we get a montage. Oh my god! I was so pleased to see a montage. Like I never realized how much I missed them until they pop up again after a while, and I'm just like, oh, oh fucking nice one. <laughs> and this is a particularly good one. It starts with Jessica basically risky businessing into the show. Oh so good like it makes absolutely no sense and I love it. <laughs> and the music is this sort of like generic kind of pub rock band. Rock and roll, yes. like uh, it is not in any way mid nineties or cool. <laughs> but then <laughs> I do not know what sort of band Jessica thinks she's trying for because she struts in sort of basically dressed like Tina Turner in her private dancer era. Oh my god, yes, it's she kind of starts. It's kind of a rock chick look, I guess you know. But uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know what she was going for here. It, to me, it looked like Bad Sandy from the Integrals. <laughs> But she's got a mini skirt, a a leather jacket, a biker jacket and a Mm. sparkly top and her hair is sort of poofy. Oh my God, it's so poofy. It's so good. But when she just starts miming like along to the song that's playing over the montage, I just screamed. (laughs) And the music is like, let's get shaken, it's a Saturday night. It's so cringe. I love it. <laughs> and then we see her and, and Lila strut in. They've got a whole clothes rail, by the oh, way. Yeah. I don't know, I guess, did Lila bring this over? Who knows? <laughs> Jessica, Jessica's got a wig. She's wearing a leopard print catsuit. They walk like an Egyptian. 
they started doing all these really 60s dance moves. You know, they're like holding your nose and all that oh. kind of stuff. There's like there's silver sequins in the mix. I think my notes at one point just go, uh, most 60s dance moves ever. I'm so happy. Pink suit. <laughs> <laughs> yes, Jessica is wearing a hot pink trouser suit that kind of looks like a cross between Barbara Cartland and... <laughs> I, I don't know, Valley of the Dolls. It's just It's a wonderful, but I, I, I don't know what genre of music she was going for here, but I'm just so glad I got to see it. It is magnificent. Definitely one of the all-time great montages. Mm, for sure. Well, we cut from the montage to... Um, the girls listening to a tape with some awful like, let's get a JK, it's Saturday night. And uh, Jessica says, doesn't sound like me. And the back and forth between her and Shirley in the following scene is just delightful. It's so funny. Yeah, because Jessica just wants to blame everything except her voice, basically. She's like, oh, you, you have to, you must check the batteries. There's probably something wrong with the batteries. And Nyla's like, it's not the batteries. And she's like, it's the microphone. Then there's something wrong with this microphone. And she's like, it's not the microphone. <laughs> and this goes on as well to like the tape being cheap. It must be a cheap tape. And of course, Nyla's like, it's not it's the not tape. tape. <laughs> and finally, Lila says that she had been looking forward to seeing Jessica humiliating herself, but uh, she just cannot help feeling pity for her. She just goes, I hate it when that happens. <laughs> and uh, then says, how can I put this delicately? You have the worst voice I've ever heard. <laughs> it's great. <laughs> Again, this is very much book, Lila. Mm, it really is. Yeah, especially the kind of like trying, you know, actually planning for Jessica's downfall and then suddenly be like, oh, do you know what? I actually couldn't do it to her. Yeah. <laughs> it <was> so bad. <laughs> but uh, yeah, Jessica then realizes that she can't let AJ hear her because it'll kill her coolness factor. Okay, I don't think that's like the. <laughs> There's a lot of other things that will kill your coolness factor, Jessica. Mm-hmm. But uh, she uh, she doesn't know what to do. And Jessica, Lila says, "Well, what you always do, find another guy." But uh, Jessica has a plan and bribes Lila into helping her out with it. She does, yes. Because uh, when she says, oh, "I've got a plan," Lila goes, "Well, I've got to go." <laughs> She's just like, "I've put enough time into this." But um, yeah, Jessica convinces her to help her out because uh, she'll be able to tell her that she knows Amanda's answer to Doctor Treadway's proposal. Hmm. I mean, that was a few days ago, so surely the answer will have been revealed in subsequent episodes. But you would have thought, yeah. I mean, I'm not going to point out the uh, flaws <laughs> in there in this blackmail plan. <laughs> Well, there you go. We've, we've enough going on with the show, let alone the show within the show. <laughs> <laughs> well, we cut to Moon Beach where Manny and Liz are sitting at the counter and Manny's given out about Todd as well. He might think he gave him the best two weeks of his life. <laughs> and Liz and her flippy hair commiserate. <laughs> the flippy hair is back. <laughs> So uh, Winston has changed all the menus back. This must be costing the Moon Beach fortune. But um, Liz says, well, look, it's not your fault. Todd bought it all at himself. And who should loom up behind her? Uh, well, in a moment of, I guess, good timing from Todd, he walks in and hears this. And then he kind of leans over to Liz and he's like, yeah, and you put it on the front page. Thanks. And Liz is like, I'm a reporter and it's a big story, like whether you like it or not. But uh Todd is convinced that she's just mad at him and getting back at him for the TV interview uh, because, you know, he still obviously can't accept that he was being a massive prick. Oh, but, um, Jesus. It's awful. But um, yeah, Liz then points out to him, she's like, look, I'm not the one going around hurting my friends. Look around you. Is there anybody that you haven't hurt at this stage? And then mm. she just walks out. Uh, and Manny has also had it with Todd because he's just like, what is with you, man? 
And Todd's like, ooh, back off, man. You're just mad I fired you. So whenever someone like rightfully gives Todd shit, he's like, oh, you're just mad because such and such. You're just mad yeah. because such and such. It's like, Todd, you're the issue here, clearly. <laughs> it's you, Todd. You're the problem. It's you. It's you. <laughs> and we are not rooting for the anti-hero. So. <laughs> Certainly you are not. So Maddie hands over some uh, cash to Winston and just walks out in disgust and Winston's like you know maybe you should step outside and cool down and uh, then Todd is a Todd tantrum oh my god he gets all fucking rowdy like all of a shot and he's like oh you uh, want me to leave I'm bad for business I guess the booth is bad for business too the like special Todd booth that alter the altar was very ridiculous but anyway he kind of rushes over to that and starts ripping stuff down off the wall and um, yeah he's like oh you're just as bad as all the rest of them uh you just wanted to make money off me like everybody else. And Winston's like, what the hell are you talking about? And like, yeah, obviously Winston was, you know, plugging the moon beach, but he's trying to run that business and go to school. Like he's got a lot of his plate. <laughs> <laughs> he does. Like Todd's the least of his problems. Exactly. <laughs> so Todd stomps out and Winston says, oh, you forgot these and throws what looks like a pair of golden like boots. Like oh, a little like, sculpture. It's like baby shoes. You know, some people, is it like... Oh, like a cast Like a cast, like shoes. the copper or something. Oh. Yeah, that's a thing people do, isn't it? <laughs> I'd say, you know, I mean, not so much on this side of the Atlantic, but I have seen it in films and TV. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I would guess Todd's baby shoes are probably <laughs> the Todd shrine. Uh, anyway, he flings it out after Todd and uh, then we hear smashing and Winston really hilariously goes, oh, that sounded expensive. Oh, <laughs> We get a great scene transition. Oh, it's so good. It's like a glass breaking transition, basically, where the, the scene all like falls on the ground kind yeah. of to reveal the next one. It's great. Hooray! <laughs> well, it's the garage next door to the casa and uh, there's a, like a queue of people trying to audition for this backup mm-hmm. position for this garage band, literal <laughs> garage band. Mm-hmm. Um, and Jessica arrives with Lila. She's wearing a fur-lined coat. She's sipping oh, from a mug. Oh. And AJ looks genuinely happy to see her, but then uh, Lila has some revelations. Yes, she uh, explains that uh, Jessica, oh yeah, because he is like so excited to see her and it's so lovely because he's like, oh, Jessica, are you here to audition? But of course, Lila then has to cut in and say, oh, you know, she wanted to, but she has laryngitis. Uh, And then (laughs) Lila, of course, takes the opportunity because Jessica can't say anything to really make it absolutely disgusting. Uh, The most awful case of laryngitis you've ever heard of. And she's like, you know, just when we thought she was getting better, all this like yellow slime came out. Her tongue is covered in lesions. The doctors say that you cure is bed rest and no kissing for six months. And again, AJ is clearly amused in oh, just yeah. such a charming way. Like there's just something so likable about him. And then when uh, Lila says this, Jessica's like, "That's enough, Lila." And a passing bantamation is like, "Whoa, a miracle recovery," which is quite funny. <laughs> it's very good. Yeah. So Jessica's like, "Oh shit, oops." <laughs> and Lila is like my work is done and off she goes and uh, Jessica comes up with another excuse oh Christ yeah she just goes oh you know the truth is I've been preparing for a career in singing all my life and today I went to the doctor to uh, Dr. Treadway uh, <laughs> So she spins in some story about how some rare ear infection that she has now means she can never sing again. And while she's saying all this, again, AJ is onto her because he's like yeah. this really cute little smile on his face the whole time when she's not looking directly at him because yeah. he knows she's full of shit, but he's still charmed by her. Yeah. My notes just say he's lovely. He's so lovely. Yeah. <laughs> I like him so much. Yeah. I'm so surprised. Really <laughs> to see this comic. I know. 
<laughs> wow, all the guys with longish hair are the nicest in Sweet Valley. Him, Shred, secret. original Winston, <laughs> like Winston's original hair. He still yeah. has the charm. He does. <laughs> So he says, look, for what it's worth, I understand. And we're told that as a kid, he wanted to play the drums. But when he was four, he broke his wrist and he was told he could never play again. And says, well, you know, that, so that stopped his dream. That and the fact he was a lame drummer. And uh, (laughs) she's understandably charmed by him and then uh, offers an invitation. Yes, so she invites him to the beach party and he he's excited about it. He's like, oh, cool, you know, something on the beach. That sounds nice. And he does seem like he's into this. And uh, yeah, at this point, my notes just say, I love him. <laughs> <laughs> but before he can give a fixed answer, a be suited sort of Woody Harrelson type in the in what's essentially the tuxedo worn by the, your man who asks Carrie on a date and Carrie comes in <laughs> and starts with like, hey, let's take the train to Groovy Town and starts grooving. This guy was hilarious. Yeah, he just comes in in like a full on powder blue suit and is just... <laughs> Throwing shapes. It was great. <laughs> Very unexpected. But there you go. <laughs> I liked it. Same. So at school, Todd begs coach uh, who's in the gym for mercy. And he asks him when he called the Athletic Association to clear up this issue, Benham, take a payola. <laughs> and uh, coach reveals he can't for it was he who turned Todd in. Oh, my goodness. Yes, he reveals he had to stop him from jeopardising the team any further. And Todd is like, but without me, the team won't win. Uh, And Coach is like, well, without you, the team gets to finish the season with class. Ooh. Um, So Todd is like, basketball is all I have left. And Coach is like, well, if that's true, maybe you should get your priorities straight. Because it's pretty sad. (laughs) Yeah, this was some good advice from the coach, in fairness. For a school that's so, like, obviously obsessed with its sports stars and sports teams. At least for the coach to be like, well, then there's something fucking wrong if this is all you've got. Come on, dude. <laughs> I'm pleasant surprise. So uh, he leaves and the sad guitar plays. Mm. We cut to the moon beach and Jessica's sitting there with Lila and saying that she knows AJ is totally into her. And then uh, she notices the band come into the moon beach and says, watch this. And she sassily struts up uh, to see Jessica, uh, to, to AJ. Mm. And he looks happy to see her, but uh, then things kind of change. They do, yeah. So when she asks him if he's still on for Friday, the band like immediately start making fun of him. And they're like, oh, a high school party. I want you kids home by 11. And uh, AJ gets real kind of embarrassed and a little bit cold with Jessica. So it seems like, yeah, the I was starting to wonder at this point, what age is AJ? Yeah, <laughs> I was kind of presuming he's like either in high school or he's like just finished high school or something. <laughs> like I wasn't putting him, you know, a couple of yeah. years Jess or anything. But then, yeah, he kind of shuts her down. He's like, oh, you know, we have to rehearse on Friday. Uh, so Jessica's crestfallen by this, but of course won't show it. So she's just like fine and stomps off. Yeah. Um, so yeah, of course, she's very disappointed by this. But uh, mm-hmm. yeah, a little disappointed in AJ here. But also, is he meant to be seeing his high school girl? <laughs> that's what my notes say. I was like, AJ, you're, that's kind of a dick to her and very unlike your previous charming, uh, mm-hmm. lovable uh, vibe. But then also, if only Robbie November had said these words. <laughs> well, there you go. When he'd been shamed into it by his friends to not date a girl much younger than him. <laughs> Though I do, there are not seven years between Jessica no, and uh, this AJ. No. <laughs> well, then we cut to a fucking Nuremberg rally, <laughs> like a wall of flames. 
is this a pep rally and why is there so much fire what's going on this is terrifying i'm scared this is like a nazi torchlight procession i am so freaked out by really fucking scary looking there's like a podium there's literally a wall of fire behind (laughs) the podium and i'm baffled by this whole setup jessica uh, is at this podium flanked by her cheerleader i don't know essay guard (laughs) is chanting crush big mesa crush big mesa and it's it's genuinely unsettling it's very chilling i'm (laughs) very worried about everything now (laughs) well enid uh is in the crowd with liz manny and winston uh, a lovable crew um mm-hmm. i just wish that uh, cheryl and shred were with them Aww. but um she says she loves bonfires said her aunt had one once so then it goes oh wait that was a kitchen fire and i do love the way everybody has a sort of affectionate exasperated expression <laughs> on their face when enid starts telling her family tales <laughs> like it's such an established thing that Enid does now <laughs> and it is nice that everyone's just like oh another one from Enid but not in a mean way it's yeah exactly because <laughs> um, there have been times where they've sort of made it look like other people were kind of like you know she was the butt of the joke but they've yeah. softened that recently mm. which I am glad same um, so yeah the coach takes the podium now and says watch out big Mesa <laughs> and what does everyone shout back out because they're doing a bit of call and response Christ we're gonna waste you <laughs> And they lose their fucking shit again. But uh, then who should loom up behind the coach? <laughs> Only the expert loomer himself at this point. <laughs> <laughs> Why, it's Todd, of course. So yeah, he kind of like slinks up to the podium looking all sorry for himself. I was like, Todd shows up to kill the vibe. Um, but uh, maybe that's a good thing, actually. This vibe was a bit frightening. Um, yeah, so I believe. He takes the podium and apologises to the whole school for hurting the team, hurting everybody. He had admits to being absolute jerk uh, uh-huh. and then says the worst of all he hurts someone very special he says I don't know if I can fix it but I'm really sorry and of course it zooms in on Liz at this point <gasps> this course. is who talking to of course but you know I guess fair play to him for apologising so publicly to everybody yeah no it is a very it's sincere a apology yeah because yeah. um, he does say like he knows maybe he couldn't fi- he can't fix any anything but he just yeah. still wants to say it's sorry so it's not like he's just there trying to he's acknowledging he can't make things right but yeah. Yeah. Um Winston starts slow clapping and everybody <laughs> joins in. And the, the the extras are easily they're fickle. Like they're easily won back to his they are uh, so charm. easily so easily swayed. Because again, yeah, an extra goes, all right, Todd. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> Good head. <laughs> Amazing. And Liz is looking all, you know, what I don't know, sort of wistful. And Edith says, rallies are so romantic. Oof. I mean, I know she means pep rallies, but just yeah, oh, oh, this whole thing was weird, man. <laughs> I find I find it so unsettling. Very very unnerving scene to uh, that, suddenly drop in at the end of an episode. Yeah. By the way, those of you who went to schools that had such things, um, did you have to go? Was it compulsory? Because it sounds like fucking hell and I speak as somebody who actually had a good time in school it wasn't like oh I hate my school so much but if they had tried making me say I loved it I would have been like no way oh no so we're also fucking contrary over here I just not do it out of spite (laughs) you'd be like I do quite like my school but I will say nothing good about it ever I'm not gonna let them know that (laughs) I wouldn't give them the satisfaction 
<laughs> so afterwards, uh, Winston approaches Todd and says, look, you know, good speech. And Todd apologizes to Manny about fucking time. And mm. Manny and Winston are like, oh, I guess we can forgive you. Todd says, I hope Liz can too. Yeah, so again, there's more wistful music because you can see Liz is kind of walking away with Enid, I think, at this point. And she does yeah. look back at Todd. Uh-huh. Uh, so he's just gazing after her. And uh, yeah, so I guess he and Winston and Manny have made up anyway. And uh, the three of them kind of head off with, the, have they their arms around each other? This is a kind of very, it's all very camaraderie. Things are good yeah. between these three guys. And Winston's like, let's go get a burger. It's on you, Todd. <laughs> I, know, I did like that. Shame. <laughs> About fucking time. <laughs> Um, so uh, that's the end of the episode mm, There we go We're finally coming out of the Todd being a massive jerk plotline mm, And well, not before time No, but I did actually really enjoy this episode Same, yeah Oh look, there was a terrifying pep rally There was a great montage <laughs> There was a lot And AJ, like, oh my god So oh. unexpectedly delightful I just, I'm very taken with this AJ already We'll see how it unfolds, I guess Because obviously he didn't do himself a huge amount of justice in the diner at the very end but I feel like his charm is going to make up for that yes he's really surprisingly just likable like there's mm. just he's there's just this very nice vibe from AJ true and also unusual for Jessica to like be like to like fancy you know a hunk who actually is a good looking 90s boy because they're always <laughs> the fucking 40 year old divorced dads you know and she knows <laughs> exactly so it's just nice to have someone that you feel like actually yes a teen girl would yeah. go for this guy and he is good looking and charming so it's like yes. thankfully usually the good looking charming guys are the like comedic fucking friend yeah. characters <laughs> the guy everyone's looking to get out with because come on I mean, there's something very weird about the uh, expectations of what girl the in the show runners about what girls would actually find attractive in Honest the 90s. God, oh, seriously. <laughs> well, bye, beat alpha siblings. Let us know what you thought of Rock Around the Block. Uh, were you as charmed by AJ as we were? I mean, he's a lot more charming than AJ in the books. Who was not charming at all, if I remember no, right? that's true. And also this AJ, this version of AJ, like a guy in a band, makes way more sense for Jessica to be chasing after than like the kind of uptight, conservative, likes his women quiet yeah. <laughs> AJ that was in the book. With apologies to Charlene Lydon, who I know is the uh, president of the AJ Morgan fan club. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Charlene, but you know. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> well, were any uh, any other private Alpha Sisters members of this club, let us know. You can find us on Instagram at SVH Podcast. You can send us an email at svhpodcast at gmail.com. And of course, we are on Twitter at svhpodcast. And uh, on Instagram, you had thoughts. We we mentioned last week or two weeks ago, um, Jessica's very 90s makeup. And Pippi Ann Shirley uh, spoke for, well, for me anyway, because she said, I'm eternally grateful that my 90s obsession with Audrey Hepburn and trying to emulate her look and failing, turns out, should have tried to copy the other classic Hepburn, including her brows, saved myself from a terrible fate of Old old face. Uh-huh. Oh, seriously, like, I mean, those of us who did not pluck their eyebrows for, like, make a conscious choice to not pluck our eyebrows in the 90s, I think we dodged a bullet because <laughs> there are casualties out there. There's, uh, yeah. <laughs> Um, Maria Teresa Biblioteca asked, uh, what was uh, the the store that Karen compared Enid's scroll to? And if anybody else was wondering, uh, it was Lidl, I believe. Or was it Aldi? Anyway. Yeah, I couldn't remember. It was either Lidl or Aldi, but they both just do quite long receipts. Now, 
Maria Teresa did mention CVS receipts and they're not a patch on CVS receipts. I don't think really? oh, have you ever seen a CVS receipts? Those things are fucking miles long. <laughs> it's it's outrageous. Been a, it's been a long time since I've been in one, but if they're longer than a Lidl or Aldi one, they must be long. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, no, you buy two things and it's like a two meter long receipt. <laughs> what is happening? Why is it still going? <laughs> Uh, well, yes, to those of you who don't know, Aldi and Lidl are both two big German sort of discount supermarkets here. And uh, yeah, as uh, Karen, you did say you go in to buy groceries and you also end up with a tent and an angle grinder. That's mm-hmm. pretty much true. I feel like that's usually the vibe. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> they have the center aisle in Lidl yes. and Aldi. It's like groceries around the side and then the most random shit. Like, will oh. it be an alarm clock that wakes you up with birdsong? Or will it be a barbecue? Like, who you knows? You just never know. It's it's seasonal. It depends what, what week you go in. You never know what you're going to find in that middle aisle. It's always a mystery and always yeah. a delight. <laughs> uh, Maria Teresa also said, I too would 100% pay to call Shred's Childhood Memories Hotline. <laughs> Wouldn't we all? <laughs> Very fair. Uh, Marnie McFly uh, pointed out that there was a very li- uh, little shop of horrors <gasps> by to, uh, the dentist from Shred's Dream. Uh, is Son Be a Dentist? Is that the song that the dentist sings? Yes, and if I remember right, it's been a while that. since I've watched yeah. it. But mm-hmm. yeah, it's. Uh, I think that is, I do remember it being a sort of a black and white nightmarish quality. So okay. <laughs> Steve Martin plays the dentist. That's right. Yeah, I do know that much. Yeah, I'm, I'm not super familiar with Little Shop of Horrors, but... Uh... I do know that he's this weird like Elvis looking yes. dentist. <laughs> I think we need to we both need to do a rewatch of that sounds fair yeah maybe that'll be a future PBA because yeah. I'm doing movies when we run out of episodes <laughs> <laughs> there you go <laughs> well Pippi and Shirley made, made a very good point like, it's almost heartbreaking just how transactional Todd's relationships appear in this episode aside from Enid who is too pure to leverage their friendship oh. and he doesn't deserve her it's so true. It's so true. Like she is so sweet in that little montage of like <laughs> people talking about Todd and then just talking, either plugging themselves or a business or something. Cause she is just like, Todd's so nice. And then just get sidetracked by family stuff. Yeah, <laughs> she's the best. <laughs> we love her. Um, elsewhere on Instagram, Photog Shan said the outfits in this one are ridiculous. It's like they are dressed as cartoon versions of nineties teens. Uh, Miss Mandy Berry said, "Agreed. It's too over the top." I think it's just over the top enough. I think for telly, you want it to be over the top. Yes. Know? We don't want uh, realism. We've got montages <laughs> and fucking dream sequences every other week. <laughs> Give me the neon. I love it. Exactly. <laughs> well, Pippi and Shirley described uh, many of my outfits in the mid-90s when I was dressing almost entirely from charity shops and also <laughs> like whatever man-made fibres were <laughs> We're on sale in Miss Selfridge. Uh, said fire hazard, every one of them, or a major swesh fest, or both. <laughs> I mean, it is a miracle any of us survived that decade unscathed, especially all the in- as with all the indoor smoking. Like, oh my god, that's oh. so true. Yeah, and we didn't melt. Um, so uh, yes, you were also all very charmed by Shred and uh, and the impressive screen cap that Char- that Karen made of uh, his chocolate filled locker. Yeah, very good work. Thank you very much. I uh, worked on that one, took a few, and uh, picked the best one. (laughs) Well, Pi Beta Alpha Sisters, thank you for joining us once more in the clubhouse. Uh, We really, really appreciate you supporting the show, um, both this this trip down TV Sweet Valley memory lane, and of course, the main feed. Um, You are the wind beneath our wings, and we really appreciate you. 
true yeah thank you so much we uh kind of can't believe people are happy to give us their money but like we're so happy that you do because uh yeah it, it's just it's great fun doing this little sideshow uh parallel to the main feed so yeah it's great well we will see you in the main feed next week when <laughs> things are just uh, just be warned listeners oh god you thought I, the first half of that book was ridiculous I'm gonna need a, I'm gonna need a fucking drink during that episode <laughs> I swear to god Several seriously <laughs> I think we'll need something to help us get through it because <laughs> it is batshit. And I can't believe they spoiled it on the fucking cover. Oh, it's outrageous, really. But, you know, I guess we still don't know everything going That's into it. true. You know, like true. there is, there, you know, this, there, I think there's enough mad shit, to be honest. That's yeah. going to be okay. <laughs> yeah. Well, speaking of things to come, uh, just going to, you know, in... If you don't mind, could uh, could you hold off looking for uh, book number 111 on eBay? Because the price has gone through the fucking roof and I need to buy a copy of it. <laughs> I think I'm going to end up paying like 17 quid. Oh no. For a copy of this ridiculous book, which... Uh, the Sweet Valley High book from 1995. <laughs> we're a victim of our own success. <laughs> Listeners are are hurrying to buy copies of it in advance but just give us a week or so then (laughs) (laughs) exactly um so yes we will be back with part two of uh double crossed next week in the main feed but we will be back (laughs) oh wow we will be back in the uh i'm just seeing the title of the the next uh next book I'm intrigued or next episode I'm intrigued mm-hmm. we'll be back in uh, in the moon beach it looks like at the clubhouse um, in two weeks time when we find out what happens when someone in Sweet Valley has lofty ambitions oh <laughs> see you then everybody thanks for listening bye this show is part of the Headstuff Podcast Network a hub for the creative and the curious. Shows are produced in association with Headstuff and the Podcast Studios Dublin. Find out more or become a member at headstuffpodcasts.com.